Hello everyone, welcome to another episode of Big Slumpin'. I'm your host Scott Morgan, with me as always is Josh Siegel. How are you doing today, Josh? I'm pissed. Hi. How's it going? <laughs> so, me and Josh just finished watching the Cubs lose 5-1 to to the Marlins. I think that's a good spot to start, so Josh, give us your reaction. I'm pissed, again. It's fucking bullshit. The Cubs can't hit for shit. It's extremely frustrating. How do you think Hendricks did today? He was great until he was left out longer than uh, he was uh, should have been asked to. He had no, nothing going. He had his fastball, and that's about it. His curve wasn't working. He had no changeup, and he still was able to get out six scoreless innings until he went for the seventh and uh, shouldn't have been out for the seventh, or at least shouldn't have been out for one more batter past the seventh. He did what he could. I'm proud yeah. of Kyle Hendricks. He's a beast. Yeah, I completely agree. I think Kyle did great. I think he was left out too long. I was surprised he even went out in the inning. Once he gave up, I believe it was one – one hit, and then I think another guy got a hit, so it was running first and second. Then I saw Corey Dickerson coming up. I didn't like the righty-lefty matchup. I thought they should have went to a lefty against Dickerson. I think first pitch, he hits a homer. So, I, I mean, he was at 105 pitches when Dickerson came up. I don't agree with Ross's managerial decisions there. However you think he's been as a manager most this year? Bad. It's like he's managing his friends because he is, like – he uses his heart instead of his head way too much. And just, it was so obvious, painfully obvious, that he should have pulled Kyle Hendricks there. And it's been happening a lot. He uses weird relievers at weird times. It doesn't, give, it doesn't explain after the game why. He just says, that's what I did. It's, just, it's so frustrating. It's so frustrating as a fan. It's like, it, like we, can't, we don't know what's going on on the dugout. And like, we just don't know that. But like, it's so painfully obvious. It's just, oh, my God, dude, put the, pull the fucking pitcher. But it's not his fault the players don't hit. It's not, that's the players' fault that they don't hit. And it's extremely frustrating is all these guys have to be superstar hitters and they don't swing and when they swing it's uh, not a strike and when it's not a strike they don't hit it so it's just a merry-go-round of bullshit and bad baseball yeah i was gonna say to counter your your arguments with ross's pitching managerial style i the team didn't hit like at the end of the day one run's not going to beat the marlins it's not going to beat most teams in the mlb so I don't know if Javi, Chris, or Anthony even got a hit today. We only got the runoff of Ian Happ's solo shot. Other than that, there wasn't really much offense. Three other hits other than that. Um, not a lot of walks either. Uh, Sandy Alcantara was great. So credit to him and the Marlins for getting this win. It's depressing as a Cubs fan, and it just is not a good look as now we're one game away from elimination. What, what, what do you feel like we need to do for game two to stay in this? Uh, hit the baseball. <laughs> Yep, that's, that's go with that. Gonna go with hit the baseball. And I'm guessing you're pretty confident in you, Darvish. Yeah, I think they'll win tomorrow, and then I think we're gonna lose game three. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I hope we win tomorrow. I'm guessing Leicester would be the game three. It is confirmed to be game three. It's a terrible decision, but it is the decision. Why do you think that's a terrible decision? Lib Marlins destroy lefties, and John Lester has no stuff left. Has diminished velocity, and is a lefty. Who else would you put in that spot? Adbert adds a lie. When you think twice about it, dude's a righty, throws 96, killer slider, done deal. Put that do guy you, in. Do you really want a rookie, though, in an yes. elimination playoff yes. game? Yes. I don't yes. know. I feel like, like lester has been there before. I, I might no, you're, thinking with your, you're thinking with your heart, not your head. I might be thinking with my heart. That, that got me this far in life. Other news in Cubs organization this week, Braylon Marquez debuted. Do you want to touch on that at all? Yeah, he wasn't ready, but that wasn't the point. You had to put him on the 40-man anyways, and it was just three days of service time. So it was a free – just a free get him to the major and see what happens. And so he was terrible, but you can clearly, clearly see why he's a top prospect in the Cubs organization. He's got 100-mile-an-hour 100 100 mile uh, fastball from the left side as a starter, killer slider, killer changeup. That's the making of a monster. He's not ready yet. Probably not, probably not even another year off, but, like, 
when he's ready, that's a guy that's going to carry the college rotation. Yeah, that will definitely be exciting to see. And I understand his, you know, his minimal debut this season. So then other baseball news today, the the Twins got eliminated by the Astros. I believe they lost five to one. I don't know, four to one maybe. It was, it was just bad. They only got, you know, this, this Twins team that's a high-hitting team, hits a ton of home runs. They only got, I think, a double RBI in the eighth inning by Nelson Cruz, and that's it. So they haven't been scoring much. Yesterday, Framber Valdez really did well to back up Grinky, who was shaky to start the game. So the Astros won that game, and then they won this game. So the Twins are now bounced. What are your comments from that series? They've lost, I think, 18, 18 posting the games in a row. It's really sad. I feel bad for Twins fans. Like, that team is super talented. I don't know why. It's like they're cursed, but there is no curse. So, I don't know. They deserve better. This whole posting format is bullshit. The Nationals shouldn't be in it in the first place. They finished the season under 500. So, uh, yeah, I feel bad for Twins fans. I should, they deserve better. The Yankees hit Shane Bieber yesterday, and that was really shocking. I don't know if you watched that or if you saw any of the highlights. What are your thoughts about that game? It's, you know, I don't know, Yankee Yankee voodoo magic because Shane Bieber's been the best pitcher in the world for over a year now, and uh, they beat him up, which is really baseball being baseball. So, I don't know. The, twi- the Twins, I mean, the Indians are probably done because there's Shane Bieber. Like, you got, you, that, was the, that was the must-win one. That was the mm-hmm. absolute must-win give-me game, and they lost it. So. Yeah, that game ended up being 12-3. to They scored seven runs off of Shane Bieber, uh, four of those which were being home runs. I mean, that's just really unlike him. Garrett Cole on the other side of the mound was – dominant as usual he had 13 strikeouts and looked pretty good so I agree that was kind of a must win for the must win for the Indians so when you drop game one with your ace that's that's a tough place to come back from so we'll we'll have to see what they do uh the White Sox yesterday Giolito was amazing did you watch any of that no, I was at work, but uh, I was keeping up a little bit in game day. Gilito's just a monster, man. Gilito's great. Yeah, I, I was happy for all my White Sox fans. I think he went perfect through seven and then let up a hit. But, I mean, he was great. Jose Abreu, who had 60 RBIs in 60 games, he hit a two-run homer, so he added more RBIs to his season. I thought the White Sox was really good yesterday. I thought they were going to beat the A's today and just beat win the series 2-0, but – the A's jumped on Keuchel today, and it looks like they are going to pull through on that one. What do you think about Game Three in that series? Uh, it's going to be it's going to be close. I don't know. The, the Athletics are probably the better team, but Matt Chapman's hurt, and but Jake Lamb apparently has been hitting, so that's nice. But White Sox don't really have a third starter, so I don't know. It's it's really a coin flip. I would I would I think I'm going to I would put money on the A's because they're the home team. I think I would take the White Sox, even though the A's are the home team. I think the White Sox just are more consistent with hitting. And they're young, so I'm a little worried about that. They don't have much playoff experience because they haven't been in the playoffs since I believe 2008. But I, I think that they'll they'll come through tomorrow. I think they'll I think they'll hit themselves into the next series. To be honest, uh, imagine uh, being consistent at hitting. Couldn't it be my favorite team. Yeah, Cubs did not hit well today. That's for darn sure. Other news that I saw this week, not playoff related at all. Red Sox manager Ron Ronek and Angels GM Billy Epler both were let go. Not really shocked about the Red Sox decision there. I was a little shocked by the Angels decision to let Billy Epler go. Uh, what were your thoughts on both those decisions? Uh, I mean, I thought that Renicky was just like a placeholder in the first place. Like, I didn't think he was going to be long term, so that's kind of relevant. I kind of think they'll bring back Cora, which would be hilarious. But uh, for Epler, like, the the GMs don't have power there. It's all Artie Moreno and Epler by all accounts, according to baseball, like guys said that he did everything right. It's not really his fault. So I'm sure he's going to land on his feet somewhere. That guy's really smart. 
and was trying was trying his darndest to make them good, but Artie Moreno just kept getting in the way, getting in the way. So, yeah, yeah. I honestly thought Epler assembled a pretty good team. I mean, you got Trout, Rendon, and then uh, Shohei Otani. Like, I mean, Tommy Lestella, they developed really well. David Fletcher's been great for them. So I was kind of shocked uh, that Epler was released, but maybe it was just time for a change of pace. Who knows? Uh, let's see. Any other baseball news I have? The Rays beat the Blue Jays in game one, three to one. Uh, Blake Snell took a no-hitter in the sixth inning, kind of like Giolito had a really dominant start, and they won that pretty much based off of his good pitching. So that was that's all I got for baseball. Anything else you want to bring up? We never did like World Series predictions and winners, did we? We just talked about who we thought would win the uh, who would be in the playoffs, and we thought of the matchups, and never really talked about who'd win the World Series. Yeah, no, I actually really like that idea. So let's let's start off with your. Do you want to do AL NL, or do you just want to do World Series? Yeah, no, we can do AL NL. Okay, who do you think's gonna win the AL? The uh, God, I'm so goddamn vanilla. I think the Rays are. I think the Rays are. I talked about this last week. I think the Rays are built for this college basketball tournament style of playoffs. I think they're gonna freeze through. They're, they're making quick work of the Blue Jays. That at least. Who else do you think? Who's a dark horse in the AL? You think might be able to make it? Uh, if you had to choose someone, the, other. The Indians, if they get through the Yankees. I mean, they have to win two. Uh, Let's see. Having having the best pitcher in the world is a big big help. So. Yeah, I don't I don't see the White Sox or A's honestly. Like I, I don't see either of those one in that series. I mean, I don't think the Astros will beat the White Sox or the Athletics, so that's good. Yeah, for the AL, I think I'm gonna go with the Indians if they can beat the Yankees. I think they're better than the Rays, so we'll have to see there. But you're right, the Rays have really good pitching and. They could beat the Indians as well, so I don't but know about that. Do you think, you think the Indians are better than the Rays? I personally think the Indians – I just like their pitching staff, and I think they, they have more postseason experience. So I think if they matched up and they can beat these Yankees, I think they could also beat the Rays. So I think that would be my number but one. The Rays, I think two, two would be the Rays for me. But the Rays, like, they also had a ton of pitching, and they also have a good offense that has playoff experience. Like, the Indians yeah. can't hit, but they have the pitching. But Rays have both. Just my opinion, man. I, I think I like I like the Indians in that matchup. I like the Rays more, honestly. I'd probably cheer for the Rays more. But I think that the Indians are the better team, in my opinion. Obviously, statistically, this season, the Rays have been better. Like, this is not talking as a baseball purist that knows statistics. This is just me as a fan watching and looking at rosters. Who do I think is better? I think the Indians. But they're also down 1-0 to the Yankees right now. And that's a hard team to beat twice in a row. So, uh, I, I think the Indians are the one from the AL to make it the World Series. My number two would be the Rays. So I'm predicting the Indians right now going to the World Series. What do you got from that, Neil? Uh, Dodgers. I think it's finally the year the Dodgers win it all. Uh, they've been a joke about this for, like, years now. And, like, they're just so unbelievably stacked. They're, um, like they're, if this was a full MLB season, they'd probably be the best team of all time. Like, they're just unbelievably stacked in every part of the game. So put money on the Dodgers. I would have to take the Dodgers, too. Obviously, like, I don't want to agree with you for conversation's sake, but they're, like you said, they're the best team in baseball this year. It's it's unbelievable the season they put together. The only other teams I personally think could maybe make it to the World Series from the NL, Padres could make an exciting run. Not if Clevenger isn't available all playoffs. Like That's the current report is he probably won't pitch the entire playoffs. So. Yeah, and Paddock I don't think has been that great this year either. No, and their number two starter, uh, Luis Perdomo. He's and a, then it, it, no, before, Delson, no, Delson Lamette. That's a, that's the second starter. He's not available either. And then so they really beat up. And then before the the Braves today, like I would have picked them as maybe a chance to beat the Dodgers and go to the World Series, but the Braves only scored one on 
the the Reds in 13, maybe 14 innings. So I, I'm not too confident that they can beat the the Dodgers. So I think the Dodgers are going to take the NL pretty confidently. It's le- it's definitely more sure than I think we both think the AL is. So if you're predicting Dodgers Rays, who who are you taking winning? I'm taking uh, the Dodgers. I just think it's it's time. It's time. Kershaw's going to show up and just dominate, and Bueller's going to be great too, and just time. The only the only two teams I think that have a chance against them are the Rays, and if the Cubs get off their ass and decide to hit, they have the pitching to do it as well. But uh, they're not going to, so no. <laughs> do you really think the Cubs have like a 3-4 pitcher that's good enough to go against the Dodgers? Yeah, I'm extremely high on Everett Azulay. I think he could, yeah. I think they have three starters. That's really all you need. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so if, if I'm predicting L.A. Indians or L.A. Cleveland, I'm, I'm also going to take the Dodgers. I think they're just too good this year. It's So I guess we're both predicting the Dodgers to win just different matchups. Yours is more likely at this rate. Is, it's just a safe, it's a safe prediction, but it's the most logical one too. It's safe, but after watching the Dodgers all year, it's, it's probably what's projected. It's what everyone thought before the year even started. So, yeah, I agree. Uh, anything else you want to do with baseball? No. I'm ready to move on. All right. Uh, let's go hockey real quick because that just ended up. Uh, so Lightning won the Stanley Cup, I believe, yesterday or two days ago. It was a 4-2 to two series, so they finished in game six. I thought it was honestly a great series for both teams. The Lightning haven't won since 2004, so I was really happy for them. Stars haven't been in in a while either. It's happy to see Jamie Benn, Tyler Sagan, and a lot of their other studs play. I thought it was great goalkeeping throughout. Hedman was named Conn Smythe Trophy winner, so he won the MVP of the playoffs in the Stanley Cup. He had a great run himself. He had 10 goals as a defenseman, and that's, I believe, third most in playoff history, so he, he well deserved that. I thought other considerations could have been Braden Point or Nikita Kucherov, as they had 34 and 33 points, and they led the postseason in points. So I, th- I thought it was a great Stanley Cup. I really enjoyed hockey this in this bubble experience, it was really fun to watch. What are what are your thoughts on on that? So I want to talk about Steven Stamkos for a second. It's my understanding that he was hurt the entire playoffs, right? Mm-hmm. But he played. But he played for one period last round. Yep. Why? I think he, <laughs> I don't know how long he played in that period. It might have been one shift. I don't. Like I can't. I don't understand what the point of it would be. If he was healthy enough to play, then why did he not play at all during the finals? He, like, re, I think, aggravated the injury and he was out for the year. Like, he was not oh. playing anymore. And with hockey, they're very discreet with injuries because there's so much body checking and stick play that, like, you don't want someone to chop in your bad ankle or something. So that's why, like, they said lower lower body injury. They don't even say, like, lower leg injury. You're right about hockey injuries. They don't really say what they are. Exactly. It's one sport like, they don't really talk about it. But, yeah, did you see that during the celebration they, they all took, like, a picture around the cup instead of them bringing the cup to their teammates? And then they all, like, ambushed Stamkos and are like, you take it first. So they, they definitely all still appreciate him and his leadership even off the ice. Yeah, that was really cool. I like that. That was actually really cool watching that. I always love watching the them hoist the Stanley Cup. I think it's one of the coolest celebrations in sports. So, I mean, every time there's a championship celebration, it's really cool anyways. I mean, I was a little worried with the bubble, you know, not any fans, that it would be a little different, a little weirder. But I thought it was still just as fun. I, I think you saw some family members there, parents on the ice. It was a little bit more intimate, which I thought was cute. So, yeah, I thought it was a, a really fun postseason to watch. I loved watching my Hurricanes, the Blackhawks, and 
Yeah, I just had a good time watching hockey. What are, do you have any final thoughts? Uh, it was cool watching the Blackhawks again be good for a little while. I watched a little bit of Stanley Cup, not much at all. But, yeah, it was, it was pretty fun. Yeah, and then the only other hockey news I saw today, Henrik Lundqvist was bought out by the Rangers after 15 years with the organization. I don't know if he'll be signed again. I obviously don't think he'll be a starting goalie or playing most games. I think he's kind of a backup or splitting the duties with another goalkeeper. What do you, what do you think's next for him? Uh, I don't know. 15 years of being a goalie sounds like a lot. I look into retirement. He's probably made his money. Been good. I don't know. If it, that just seems like so mentally draining. I just they wouldn't. I don't know how to be done. Yeah, I, I don't. I don't know if he'll, he will be on a team. I know he wants to get a Stanley Cup. So I don't know if there's any roster that has room for him that would sign him and help him maybe get that. But at age, I think 39, 38. I don't know how old he is right now, but I don't know what team has the space for him and can can risk that roster spot on him. He's yeah, he's 38 right now, so. I mean, great career regardless. It was they sent a they did a really nice video. He had a nice post about it. After 15 years, he's not going to be a New York Ranger any longer. Uh, so yeah, that's all I got for hockey. Let's do some basketball. So we got Heat Lakers coming up tonight. What are your predictions on this series? I think the Heat will win seven. Heat in seven. Okay. Yep. Well, why so? Because I think Jimmy Butler is on a business trip and he will not be losing. I, I really do want the Heat to win. You know I don't like LeBron, and I don't want him to win another. I mean, if the Lakers win, I'm happy for Anthony Davis and other teammates. I really want the Heat to win. But I'm honestly going to take kind of a bold take on this. I'm thinking Lakers in five or six. Which, I don't know about that, man. Which is – I know, it's a bold take. Like, I don't think anyone thinks the Lakers will win that quick. I mean, I'm not going to say in four because I, I think the Heat are too good a team. And I think the Lakers sometimes – play has some poor nights obviously that night where Anthony Davis has two rebounds and they barely lost but still not a good game so yeah I I think the Lakers are just too good I think I think LeBron's on a mission I think with everything that happened with the Laker organization with Kobe this year it's kind of meant for them to win so I'm taking Lakers and I'll say six yeah. Heat and seven go Butler I sure, I sure hope so. I hope Jimbo gets to gets to win his chip. Uh, any final words on the Celtics or Nuggets? Is that's who these two two teams both beat to get to the finals? Uh, Celtics are gonna probably trade Gordon Hayward or something. I don't know. They gotta. They're 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 good, but they're just gotta get a little a little older. And as they get older, they'll be even better. I'm not worried about them. Actually, I am worried about them as a Raptors fan. It's a different thing. And then. Uh, the Nuggets, they're also – the Nuggets got to add one more player. It's got to be a superstar. It's got to be just like, I don't know, a borderline all-star type guy that would just, you know, put them over – put them just way over the top. So they, got, they got the two stars already. They don't need much else. Just one one more quality dude would be really helpful. Yeah, I don't know if you need a superstar for the Nuggets. I think you just need one more, like, contributor. And I don't know what position you needed at because Jamal Murray and Jokic, like, who, who else do you think would be – who would be a good fit if you had to pick an ideal member to join the Nuggets? Like a like a Chris Middleton, so <laughs> I don't like know, a just a guy. Small forward. Yeah, like a Brad or Bradley Beal. You know, yeah. Bradley Beal fits in every goddamn team. <laughs> That's pretty true. I definitely think the Celtics still have a really young core, and they'll be good for years to come. So I don't think there's a lot of worries there. I think the Nuggets had a great postseason run. Sad for them to to lose, but I think their team really showed that they're a team to be to be scared of. They had, I mean, a lot of three one comebacks and. I think Murray and Jokic just played great this playoff, so they kind of 
they stamped their names in the NBA. So I think everyone will be watching out for them a little bit more next year. So, yeah, we already did a Laker, Lakers Heat final predictions. Let's see, any other news? LaMelo Ball, I see, is predicted to go number one to the Timberwolves. I've heard Timberwolves are reportedly trying to trade down from the number one pick because they're a little worried about drafting, you know, maybe LaMelo at number one. Uh, is LaMelo Ball clear number one to you? No, there's no clear number one this draft. Uh, it's just so wide open. I would honestly consider uh, dropping down because I think LaMelo is going to – I think Ball is going to be good. But I don't think, like, it's obviously going to be a superstar, you know. Like, I, I would consider dropping down a little bit. Yeah, I, I would definitely drop down maybe two to three picks. Uh, I think LaMelo Ball will be a good player. He's 19 years old right now. I think six seven to six eight. He can shoot, dribble, and pass, which is pretty good qualities. But like you said, I don't think there is a clear number one, like how we had Zion and John Morant were pretty obviously 1-2 last year, and they turned out to be great players this year so far. So, yeah, I don't, I don't know what the Timberwolves are going to do. Just thought that was some interesting news. I mean, I would love to get LaMelo to the Bulls, but I don't think he's going to drop that much. Yeah, other news in the NBA, Doc Rivers is out as the Clippers head coach. What do you think about that decision? This is weird. I don't know how you upgrade over him. Like, I would, must be something going on in the locker room, but I don't know. Paul George is not a winning player, and I would, I would get rid of Paul George rather than I get rid of Doc Rivers. Yeah, I, I completely agree. I, I do kind of understand the argument for who are you going to go over him, like who's going to be a better coach. But he's been there for years now. He hasn't gotten to the finals was it time just to maybe try changing it up and doing something different? Nah, it's not Docker's fault that Paul George bricked every shot. So it would have worked. Like they would have gotten the finals if Paul George played like like the standard version of Celtics. So you didn't have to be like good Paul George. It's like the standard deviation Paul George would have gotten to the finals. So then who do you think would be a good a good candidate to try and replace what Docker's has done? I don't even know. They'll probably they'll probably sign like Dan Tony or something. That would be really interesting. I don't yeah, know. What Tony do. with the Clippers would be interesting. Watch that actually happen now. But other other head coaching news. I saw Scottie Pippen came out and pretty. I would say did not say the nicest things about Billy Donovan. Did you see what he said? I did. I did see what he said. Yeah, it was kind of brutal. I got a quote about it if you want to hear it. Go for it. So Scottie Pippen said, "If you're looking at it from a fan's perspective, I'm not impressed with what the Bulls did. I don't think that they have made any dramatic changes that are going to change who they are as a team." That's just my personal opinion. I like Billy Donovan as a person, but I don't think he's proved anything in the NBA that proves he's worth investing in and bringing a team up that needs help like Chicago does. They're a team that has been struggling for a long time. To me, I don't see the value he brings to them. He's going to be a coach, but there are a lot of more. There's a lot of them out there. He didn't do anything special in OKC that warranted him a second opportunity. That's just my opinion. So, pretty harsh words from an ex Bulls Hall of Famer. What do you think about his comments? Scotty, Scotty says some weird shit about like the Bulls every now and then. Like I, a few years ago, he said that LeBron is better than Jordan, which is like the like the worst thing he and his vision could possibly say. So I don't know, Scott. You're a Bulls fan. From a fan's perspective, do you like the, do you like the hire? I mean, I like the hire, but regardless of the hire, if you hate it or if you love it. It's just a stupid thing to say, in my opinion. You're an ex-Bowls Hall of Famer. You are one of our best players of all time. If you don't like it, I feel like you're better just keeping your mouth shut. You're obviously involved with this organization. You talk to them. You go to games. I, I feel like you don't just put that publicly shaming your, your current head coach. It just it baffles me, the like, stupidity of the comments, to be honest. I thought it was a really stupid thing to say. 
I, I just think he's better off not saying it or just saying, you know, I don't know how he's going to be. We'll have to see. But he, like, he went way harsher than I thought he had to. I, I personally just don't get it. Well, what would you react if this happened to the Raptors? I just laugh. I just laugh and say, ha boomer. <laughs> so, yeah, I, that's, that's, I think, all I actually have for the NBA. Do you have anything else that you think is relevant in the NBA right now? Apparently, Michael Saul is going back to Spain. It's not 100% confirmed yet, but as a Raptors fan, I appreciate his service, and without him, they don't have a title. So, thank you, Marcus Saul. Great dude. Go retire in Spain. Do you think he's not capable of playing in the NBA anymore? Uh, I know that he said he's winding down his career. There's not much longer he wants to play, and he wants to play his last year in Spain. So, uh, he probably is capable of being a backup center, 100%. But uh, yeah. this is what he wants to do, and like you, at a certain point, you just don't really want to do it anymore. Yeah, and I also kind of get the, like, going out on top, not playing when, you know, you only get five minutes after him being an all-star caliber center who, you know, was leading the Grizzlies for many years and then playing a big, big role last year with the Raptors. And now he only averaged, I think, eight points and about six rebounds for the Raptors this year. So he's not as productive as he has been. And that can, I think, be really frustrating for someone that's always been the star from every you know whenever they've been in high school college and now pros so I can definitely understand his decision and I think he's been a really fun player to watch during his career and congrats to him on a good career and best of luck in Spain yeah as we currently are speaking the White Sox have bases loaded in the top of the ninth with two outs with uh Yasmani Grandal up down three so uh, if I freak out or say anything that's why okay. <laughs> the count is two and one all right, let me, yeah, let me know what happened there. That's actually really interesting. Let's go quickly to tennis, something I saw this morning. Uh, Serena Williams withdrew from the French Open. She got an Achilles injury, I believe, from her first-round matchup. Uh, and, yeah, so Williams ended her latest bid to tie the record of 24 Grand Slam singles titles. Obviously, I think you need to listen to your body whenever dealing with injury. I think it's really sad whenever you see one of the best players out with injury and you really want to see them compete and perform, but you also have to understand their you know, they got to take care of their body so they, they can perform in other, you know, other tournaments. So, yeah. Any, any comments on that? What do you think about that? You put, you put the nail on the head. You got to take care of your body. I mean, I'm sure she'll, she'd rather be healthy rather than hurt, but I think she'd also rather not perform than perform hurt because Achilles, you don't fuck with the Achilles. And uh, I think that's the right move. It's now three to five athletics as uh, Grandal walked. So now it's basically loaded still two outs. White Sox down two. Who's up? Uh, the person's not walked up to the plate yet. Oh, Jose Abreu. <laughs> that's that's who you want up. The RBI machine right there. The well, probable MVP. Let me let me see, just let me know what happens. But yeah, no, I, I think an Achilles is just a scary injury because if you know if it just the seeing the tendon like pop. Oh, it's it's it scares me. That's just a personal thing. We don't need to talk about that. Other than that, I got a little bit of NFL news. So, Dolphins and. Fitzmagic, they beat the Jags, as I predicted. I think he took the Jags last week. I didn't think Minshew, he looked good, honestly. 30 for 42, 275 yards and one interception. He just struggled to get the ball in the end zone, but I mean, he pushed Game's up. over. Jose Abreu ground out of the second baseman. Hard liner of the second baseman on the ground. Game's over. I mean, he still made a good contact, so good for him. But yeah, tough. That series tied, so that's going to go to game three. All right, thanks for the update, Josh. But yeah, Ryan... Fitzpatrick, he went 18 for 20, 160 yards, two touchdowns thrown, and one rushing. So, yeah, I thought that was a – I was kind of interested to see the Dolphins actually kind of walked away with that one. Uh, did you watch Thursday night or did you work? I was working. Tends to be the case. 
such as the life of retail. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, then moving on to Sunday, what did you think of the Bears? So, I just want to talk about this because, again, I was working, so I didn't watch it. But my understanding is that Trubisky was, at worst, serviceable the first two weeks, right? I think he was not very good in game two. I think, like, I looked at the stats. Game one, he was pretty good. Game two, his QBR was, I think, in the 70s, which is okay. And then I think game three, it was getting even worse. Okay, because I, I was redoing some reading myself and saw that, like, he was, like, ranked assist the seventh best quarterback in the NFL right now. So I was very confused as to why the trigger to switch to Foles came now. But maybe you can shine some light on that. So, yeah. So he had, in game one, 242 yards and three touchdowns. Did really well. Uh, his QBR was 104. Game two, he had 18 for 28, 190 yards, two touchdowns and two interceptions. QBR was 78. And then in game in week three against Atlanta this last week, he went 13 for 22. So almost 50% or almost 60% completion rate, 128 yards, one touchdown, one pick, 71 rating. So he's kind of gradually been getting worse ever since his week one. And his week one really only – shined i believe the fourth quarter so i mean Foles stepped up he went what nine, 16 for 29 188 yards they say three touchdowns and one interception but if you were watching the one interception was a touchdown pass to Allen robinson that they ruled a touchdown to me and to even the the rules and analysis that they brought on was like, there's not enough to overturn the touchdown should stand, but they did overturn it. So I kind of believe Nick Foles had four touchdowns, but regardless, I, I think Nick Foles looked great. I was kind of shocked to see Mitch come in, but he has been kind of on a negative trajectory since week one. If that shines a little light on what you think. I think Bears fans are uh, like very happy with the switch. Uh, I mean, as long as they keep winning, I'm cool with it. I mean, I'm just rooting for the Bears to win. I'm not. I was. I was. I was pro Trubisky. I still am. I don't really get off boats till they're all the way sunk. But uh, as long as they win, I'm cool. I'm not like a diehard Bears fan or anything. So. Yeah, I think every, a lot of people were pro Trubisky, and I think. I mean, it, honestly, for me, I wanted Folds to start the season, and once we went with Mitch, I feel like you kind of have to ride and die with him for a little bit. And I didn't think he was terrible, like you said, but he has been kind of on that downward spiral. So I think bringing in Fultz at that time, the game was 26 to 10. We didn't really have anything to lose, and it kind of gave a momentum boost to our defense as well. And it just looked like everyone was trying to play harder for Fultz. So I thought that was good. Mitch talked about how the situation kind of sucked, which what do you expect? You're getting benched. And he felt well, a little blind because okay. he, didn't, he didn't see it coming. Okay, but, like, honestly, it's super, super, like – respectable that he talked about it like immediately mm-hmm. after the game like that takes balls and so like there's nothing to do with his play like I don't care but like just that he stood up and took it that's good dude he's a good dude and, and I thought Mitch did a really good job talking about how when when he was starting Nick supported him and was you know fully supportive so when Nick was out there Mitch is cheering him on he wants to see him do well he's not hoping that Mitch or that Nick does poorly and then he gets another chance he, he wants to see the Bears win, too. And I, I thought he did handle it like a, a pro, and I, I do com- commend him on that. So thanks for reminding me of that. That was a really good point. What do you think this means for Mitch down the road? What, what's, what's... I, don't know. I don't know what it means. It probably means he's done with the Bears. I mean, he ripped that Band-Aid off. Like, you're, you're probably – I don't think how you go – I don't know how you go back to the guy unless Foles, like, really shits the bed. I don't know how you go back to the dude. That's, that's the biggest point. That's what I saw a lot of people on ESPN were talking about. I know Steve, Young's, Steve Young was really critical and said he thinks this was too soon to switch. 
because now if you ever have to go back to Mitch, you burn that bridge. Like you can't, you can't go back to him. You can't play mind games like that on a young QB. So that's why I know, like, I don't, I don't know if it was the right decision to go with Foles. I personally think it was. I think it was a good time. I think it's the reason we won that game. So I think we kind of now have to ride and die with Nick. Like, I don't think you can go back. I wouldn't, this is a free agent after this year. I know that. I wouldn't be shocked if he went to, like, the Patriots and, like, was sat on, like, the bench for a couple more years and developed under Bill Jack and was good. Like, I, that wouldn't shock me at all. I definitely think Mitch has shown flashes of, like, really good capabilities as a quarterback. I think sometimes we take the ball out of his hands too much. We do too many screen passes. We don't let him throw. And when you let him, I think, throw more and more, he proves that he can be a good quarterback. So I think you could be right with a free agent. I think this is not the last we'll see of Mitch. I don't know if it's the last we'll see of him with the Bears, though. So we'll have to see. Uh, other news from that game, Tariq Cohen, unfortunately, tore his ACL and will be out for the season. So I saw the Bears might be trying to get Lamar Miller, or another running back, to help fill that role. Just a sad news. Never want to see someone go out. Do you have any other comments on the Bears after week three? Uh, win's a win. The Falcons are sad. I told you they'd win. You said they wouldn't, but I told you they would. Hey, I told you the Dolphins would win. You took the Jags, so we don't need to go there. But, yeah, I, I, I told you I was nervous about this game, and I, I wanted the Bears to win. Obviously, I'm a diehard Bear fan. But the Falcons came out strong, and then the Bears and Nick Foles just came back. So I was, I was kind of shocked that we did come back. That was awesome. Good win, and the Falcons, Falcons. Uh, Falcons, next Falcons. <laughs> Next week, I mean, they choked. That's that's what they're kind of known for now. I, I don't know if they're the most snake-bitten franchise. I mean, with that 28-3 to Super Bowl last week against the Cowboys, this week against the Bears, they blew it. So they're, I'm surprised they still have Dan Quinn. I don't know how long his rope is. This might be his last season, in my opinion. Uh, but, yeah, next week, Bears versus Colts. What? Who you got? Uh, I'm just going to say Bears. I'm just going to say Bears. No reason behind it. I was right last week. I'm right again. I'm with you. Uh, I'm, uh, Colts have a good offense, but I think their defense has struggled. They're 2-1 and one this year, so they, they've been actually playing pretty well. But the Bears are 3-0. Nick's our quarterback. We're going to win that one. Go Bears. All right. Other news from Sunday. There was a tie. Bengals-Eagle tie 23-23. I hate that there's ties in football. I think that rules will always be changed whenever we see a tie. I thought the Eagles played really passive in overtime. They punted in the last seconds to – Pretty much just tie. They didn't. They didn't go for the win. And I think this inaccuracy as quarterback is kind of being a problem right now. So, what are your thoughts about that game? I don't know. I don't really have opinions on Carson Foles. Carson Wentz. Sorry. Uh, like I don't. I thought Foles was better back when they won the Super Bowl. And like I don't know if that's still like the popular opinion. I don't know. I don't know. Like what I'm supposed to think of Carson Wentz. I think Wentz was considered like above average to elite quarterback for a while. But this year, he's thrown three touchdowns and has six interceptions, which is really so doesn't bad. So doesn't sound elite. That's, that's not good. That's not even average. That's terrible. Uh, so he's been looking really bad with his Eagles. I know they're wide receivers. I believe a lot of them are injured. So it's, it's a pretty young wide receiver core. But they just aren't looking good. They're not, they're not trying. They weren't even trying to win at the end of the game. They punted it back to the Bengals with, like, seconds left instead of trying to go for something. I thought this was going to be Joe Burrow's, honestly, first win. He had the lead 23-16 to 16 before, I believe, once in the, the Eagles scored touchdown to tie it. So I'm kind of curious. Do you think Jalen Hurts, you might see him at all? I hope so. That sounds like a fun time. I don't I think, think it will. Really cool. I, don't I don't think, think so it will, either. but it would be fun. Because I don't think the Eagles organization is blaming Wentz or maybe wants to try something new. I think they're just more 
it's just more about being decimated at the receiver position. So I, I want to see Jalen Hurts. Uh, the Eagles are 0-2-1. Their schedule gets even tougher. They got Steelers, 49ers, and Ravens, which I'm guessing they're projected to lose all three of those. So it, it's a, it looks like it's looking to be a tough season for the Eagles right now. Other football games, let's see. Derrick Henry looked back to his normal tractor seat toe ways as he scored two touchdowns over the in over 100 yards to edge out the Vikings 31-30. to That's a high-scoring game. I believe that's Derrick Henry's first two touchdowns of the year, so good for him. I just love that he's called tractor seat toe. So I want to say that. All right, you said it. There you go. All right, uh, the Vikings, honestly, I think they're 0-3 now, so they look like they've been struggling this year. I'm a little shocked because I feel like they've been offensively and defensively a pretty sound team, but they lost to Packers, I believe Lions, and now Titans. The Packers have been really good this year so far, so no shame in that. And Titans, they did really well in the playoffs last year, so I'm not shocking there. Uh, the, the, one of the bigger upsets I thought of the week was the Lions 2-0 Cardinals, 26-23. To me, it was the biggest upset of the week. I thought Kyler Murray and the Cardinals would just honestly blow them out by maybe two or three touchdowns, so that was kind of shock. Uh, Kyler Murray is, is what I think some people think maybe a dark horse MVP can this year. He went 23 for 35, 270 yards, two touchdowns, and three interceptions. So a little bit too many turnovers there, but that's just one bad game. He, he's, he blamed himself for the loss, which I thought was respectable. Other than that, Seahawks beat the Cowboys. Did you see what DK Metcalf did? No, I heard about it though. Run through it, but I've heard he did something. Yeah, it was it was horrible. So he DK Metcalf's like six four, runs maybe a four three forty, so burning speed for a big man. He caught a deep pass from Russ, perfect pass, maybe ten yards away from the end zone, and he just kind of dogs it. Defender knocks the ball out. It goes through the back of the end zone. That's a turnover, touchback for the other team. So he kind of blew one of Russ's touchdowns. Made the game 38-31 to 31 instead of probably another touchdown. Seahawks still got the win. I thought it was kind of ironic because it happened against the Cowboys, who are a little infamous for Leon Lett doing kind of the same bonehead play. I thought that was kind of funny as a fan. I think it was a good game. I think Russ is kind of cementing himself as the front runner for MVP. What do you think about Russ this year so far? I mean, I said this last week, but this dude should have multiple MVPs on his on his uh, trophy case, but he's never even got a single vote. So, I don't know. Go Russell Wilson. Yeah, I'm still shocked he hasn't got a single vote. He had five touchdowns this Sunday. Should have been six, as we said, with DK Metcalf goofing around. He has 14 touchdowns and only one interception this year. So, he's been absolutely balling out. Other news from this game, Pete Carroll was really upset with defensive tackle, I believe, Tristan or Tristan Hill. He gator-rolled Chris Carson's ankle, caused a mild knee sprain. I don't know if you saw that play. Pete I did see this play. Dirty. What did you think about this play? I thought it was dirty. I don't know why you would need to roll over someone's ankle. Like, I kept thinking about, like, how would momentum work here, and I just don't get it. Like, there's no – just get up, dude. There's no – it's dirty. The used to be suspended. There's no room for that in any sport. Don't try to hurt people. Just no. Not a fan. I mean, I get going, like – making an open field tackle or something, you go for the legs and wrap him up. But the dude was already on the ground and he like continued to roll over an extra one or two times. It was just obsessive. It was excessive. That's all it was. And I think it was dirty. I think Mike McCarthy came out and said it wasn't. So I don't really agree with that. Regardless, great performance by Russ. Good game overall. But yeah. And then on Sunday night football, 
I have Packers win the shootout 37-30 to to beat the Saints. I thought the Packers' defense looked awful. Uh, I know Alvin Kamara once caught, like, a small screen and ran, like, 57 yards, and it looked like there were six or seven tackles that should have been made, and it was just kind of lazy. So that was not good from the Packers' standpoint. But, yeah, other than that, any thoughts on Sunday night football or Sunday football in general that you saw? Any memes? Any funny stories? Well, we're talking about the COVID thing, about uh, the two teams being uh, moved pushed back to Monday, and I just don't understand. If you want to touch on that more, the background of it, but it doesn't make sense to me. Yeah, I forgot. I didn't bring that up yet. So the Titans organization. So three players tested positive for COVID. They're all asymptomatic, which is good, and they closed team facilities. They played the Vikings on Sunday who had no positive tests, so it's good that it like, didn't infiltrate both camps. So Steelers and Titans were, are supposed to play Sunday. It's got postponed. With COVID, you would expect them to get postponed a week, at least maybe two, because, you know, 14 days. But it got postponed from Sunday to, I believe, Monday or Tuesday. So just one or two days. What do you think about that? It's just moronic. Like, obviously, if they get tested on Sunday or whatever day, and it's one day is not going to make a difference at all. So I don't think the NFL is going to be able to finish the season, for better or worse, because they're obviously not taking it seriously. Pushing back one day, not going to help. Yeah, so I'm kind of curious to see what happens with that. I have Derrick Henry in fantasy football, and if he gets a kind of like forced bye week this week, I'm going to have to look for new running backs to start for me. So for the NFL and COVID reason, I think you kind of got to postpone it for at least the week. But for fantasy reason, it's going to hurt my team if he's out. And I'm sure a lot of other fantasy owners out there, other COVID news in the NFL, I don't know if you saw what the Raiders did, but – they had several Raiders were caught at a charity event not wearing their mask, and it kind of broke news. And then owner Mark Davis came out and said, guys have to be more stringent uh, fighting the virus. And then it's still, you know, it's still our toughest opponent. So I thought Davis actually spoke really well and was really serious about it and said all the right things. But I just thought it was a silly mistake by the Raiders organization. They aren't obviously focusing hard enough on being safe avoiding the pandemic that is still happening. So what do you what do you think about that and COVID in the NFL right now? I mean, I made it abundantly clear last week about you should wearing your mask. So if you want to hear my thoughts on that, go watch or watch. Go listen to uh, last week's episode. Uh, yeah, just uh, take it seriously. Like, people are dying, you know. Like, it's not the biggest deal in the world to wear masks. You know, people are dying. Mm-hmm. Uh, so then other football news I saw. Monday night, Mahomes kind of destroyed the Ravens, 34-20. He had five touchdowns. Lamar Jackson, I thought, didn't really play a great game. He went – so Lamar went 15 for 28 for only 97 yards, so he didn't even hit the century mark with throwing, and he ran for 83 yards. So I believe – what is that? 180 total yards for Lamar. And then Mahomes became the fastest quarterback to 10,000 passing yards, so that's pretty impressive there. What do you think about that Monday night game? We keep looking at these two quarterbacks as being, like, the future of the NFL, but it just seems to me like Mahomes is just the best, and, like, there's no one even remotely close. And it just – like, he made he made Lamar Jackson look like, I don't know, Mitch Trubisky, you know? Like, I don't – like, I don't know. It just – like, we keep putting these two on a, on a pillar, but, like, we should just be raising Mahomes even higher. Like, that, Lamar Jackson sucks. Obviously, he doesn't – he's the reigning MVP. But, like, Mahomes – is could very easily at the end of it all be the best quarterback in league history. So I think Mahomes is a great quarterback and I also think he got drafted to and is set up with a perfect offense, one under Andy Reid, and two, 
you got Tyreek Hill, uh, McCole Hardman, and Sammy Watkins, Travis Kelsey. They're even their running back, Clyde Edwards Hilaire, has been great for them. So, like, their offensive te- like lineup is amazing. He even threw a touchdown pass to his left tackle, Eric Fisher. Like, they were just getting silly out there. I, I think Mahomes made Lamar not look like an MVP. I mean, his performance was effortless. It didn't even look like Mahomes was trying. He was having fun. Lamar, I, I felt bad for him. I feel like he was trying everything he did could. Mark Andrews had a couple big drops. I know he had one in the end zone that hit him right in the hand, so that didn't help Lamar too much. I don't know if it's just because Patrick maybe has the better offense around him or if he is just the better quarterback. So what do you think about that? You said it perfectly, man. I mean, it's, Mahomes is just not even trying. It's, it's different, man. It's different from him. I mean, you can have all this offensive talent around you and all these wide receivers, but at the end of the day, you got to put the ball where the receivers are. And he does that. He does it better than anyone else. So, yeah, even, even if he has the best offense around him, he still is making all the right plays. I mean, he's not messing up. He's doing great. Uh, how good do you think Mahomes' legacy will be after, you know, this such a great early start to his career? I mean, I just said it a few minutes ago, but he can be the best quarterback of all time. Like, all the tools are there. He has the, he has the, he's done all the achievements already. He could, it just, He's got to stay healthy pretty much, stays healthy and keeps on this track. I don't think anyone can even debate it. And then on the counter side of this, do you think the Ravens are overrated? No, I just think the Chiefs are the best. Ravens are good. <laughs> okay, and then other news I saw. So the Texans were projected to get seven-time Pro Bowler Earl Thomas to the roster. Found out today, it turns out, I don't think the Texans are now planning to sign him due to concerns over locker room chemistry with him. Do you remember what happened to Earl, some, Earl Thomas, I think, this spring? No. Do you think that has any reason to do with him not signing? I don't remember. Okay, so I, I, this might not be 100% correct, but what I recall is I believe Earl Thomas's wife caught Earl and his brother in bed with another woman, and Thomas's wife pulled a gun on him. Oh, I remember this now. I do remember yeah. that. That's what happened. Yeah, that's crazy. <laughs> so I'm like, I don't know if it's just like that is such a weird thing and a guy you don't really want and – I kind of do agree with the Texans, maybe not to bring that in. Earl Thomas is a phenomenal football player, one of the best safeties I've ever seen. It's tough to see that he's not an organization, but when you do stupid stuff, kind of like Antonio Brown, you may, you may talk yourself out of contracts in the league. So uh, I don't have any other NFL news. Josh, do you have any other sport news, anything else happening this week, predictions? Uh, I just want to talk on this Earl Thomas thing just for another minute. Like, the NFL is just obviously so fake. Like, like they don't care. As long as, as long as you're productive for the most part, you can do whatever the fuck you want off the field and they'll sign you. So, like, let's not, let's not act like a bunch of these athletes uh, don't, don't do stuff like this. I mean, about the gun, but a bunch of them are like almost certainly cheating on this and like others like all the time because that's the life of an athlete and being away from them for a So, God, that – I don't like that's there must be something deeper here because I highly doubt that would this would prevent a franchise from signing a talented player. I just think there's something else there, and I'm tired of these NFL teams thinking that they're t- trying to take the higher road when they're just not. It's, it just comes down to uh, if a, if a player is good or not. Because if we're talking about Kaepernick too, like Kaepernick could probably still go perform, and this is the other situation where like he is trying to do something good, and that they don't want something. They, the teams don't want anything to do with that. So it, it, it's just very it's tough. It's tough to talk about because the, this is a business all these teams are businesses and they just want to win. But if the player is doing something that could distract, they don't care. But if, there's a, if they do any kind of excuse, it's, it's, it's I'm kind of getting roundabout here. So you might want to, I don't know. It just, it's. No, I, I like where you're going, <laughs> to be honest. I, I think 
Antonio Brown, when he's when he went to the Raiders, he was one of the top receivers in the league, maybe top three at worst. And I think all the drama with him and the Raiders, him and the GM, then moving to the Patriots playing one week, getting a touchdown pass from Tom Brady and playing pretty well. And then I think trash talking the owner, getting himself kicked off of that roster. I think you can talk yourself off. Even if you are productive, you can, you can talk yourself off of a roster, which is terrible. Like, it, it, well, it's not terrible. It's it's your it's their fault. I think Antonio Brown completely did that to himself, and has made a lot of poor decisions with his words. And I don't know if it's something if he took too many big hits. I don't know what happened. I do think a lot of NFL players are faithful to their girlfriends, wives, and significant others. So I don't want to say like that's a common thing that Earl Thomas cheating on his wife. Because I'm sure that you know it's probably honestly a minority of of players on a team. But I, I am actually curious. With you mentioned Colin Kaepernick. Why haven't the Broncos looked at him? They, you know, Drew Locke's down now. I, I feel like that he's a good quarterback, maybe just to sign and try out. Okay, let me ask you this, Scott. What do you think football's primary demographic is? Give me, okay, give me an age. How old do you think the average football fan is? Just off the top of your head, just give me a number. Probably like 30s to 50. I don't know. What do you think? I need to sp- uh, give me give me a more. That's, that's you just give me a twenty year age range. So I'm just yeah. go right in the middle and say forty for you. Okay, are you okay yeah, me saying 40, you yeah. say forty? Yep. Okay. What what race do you think the average football player? I mean, I've average, average football fan is probably Caucasian. Okay. Do you need me to explain now why the Denver Broncos would not sign Colin Kaepernick? I would say a majority of football players are not Caucasian. Okay, but the football players themselves don't have a say in this matter. That's fair. So when it comes down to it is that from an owner standpoint, by the way, I want to make this abundantly clear that I am pro-Kaepernick and everything stands for. I am 100% on the Kaepernick side. He should be playing football. It's bullshit that he's not. Okay, let me continue. Uh, so if you're thinking of it from an owner side and you are selling, you're trying to sell it something to someone, you're trying to market it, are you going to go and put a guy on your team who is going to bring a message that you don't necessarily want. It's going to bring racial conversations. It's going to bring things that, that should be conversations in the first place, but that's what's going, it's going to bring. So do you want to bring that in and piss off people that are trying to enjoy your product and not give you more money? I agree with the point you're trying to make. And I, uh, just like you, I'm a big... Let me, let me backtrack. Let me backtrack a little bit. Let me backtrack this a little bit, okay? So Colin Kaepernick kneels for the flag, shit show circus starts, right? Well, he kneels during the anthem. He doesn't kneel, kneel for the flag. He kneels for the anthem, right? Yep. Cool. So what happens? First game of the year, it's Texans-Chiefs, right? Texans-Chiefs was the first game of the mm-hmm. year this year? All right. They don't, players don't come out for the anthem, so there's no kneeling. Instead, what they do is they, they get on the field together, both teams lock arms, and just stand there for like a minute in silence. And what do the fans do? They boo. They boo because they, they don't want the stuff in their sports which is wrong, first off. It, this is human rights. Who gives a shit about sports or not? But that's what it is. This is who, that's the average fan. That's what the fans want. They don't want that shit. So Colin Kaepernick brings all of that and megafies it. He amplifies it, he megafies it, but it gets increased ex- exponentially. And for that reason, and that reason alone, is the reason Colin Kaepernick is not on an NFL team. So I, I believe you said that Colin Kaepernick cannot – he will not financially help a team and will cause frustration with the organization and fans. No, I said he will, he will repeat what you just said. Sorry. That he will not financially 
help a team and will cause frustration to the owners and fans. Yes, not the players. Making them look at the, I'm sure the players. The players would love to have him, and I'm sure there a lot of them back his movement. I think some would pro- some organization will probably be, like you said, a little scared that he will distract from what's happening on the football field and the organizational aspect of just winning football games. But I think that fans and an organization could easily get behind him. And like you said, the maybe the main demographic for football right now and people in organizations are white males that are probably, you know, 30, 40, 40, like I said earlier. So I think it'd be like a really good thing to have in part of your organization, have these talks right now with the Black Lives Matter movement. And you honestly might get a huge fan base just from, you know, maybe people of color and people being proud that this organization is letting him take a stand and backing him on it. So I think it could be a really good opportunity for them. Unfortunately, I wouldn't want the organization just to try to profit off of, you know, signing Colin Kaepernick. I'd hope that he would actually get a fair shot to play quarterback, but I think he, he could definitely benefit a team. You know, here's the thing, Scott, like you are right. All that we said is absolutely correct. He would do all of those things, but the old white ass owners are not thinking like that. And they're not going to think like that because that's not how they're wired. They're not our age. They're stuck in their ways. And that's how it is. It's much like our country. And we don't need to get into all that. It's the sports. This is a sports podcast after all, but you were right. Everything you said was hundred percent right. But unfortunately, and I think you can agree that that's just not how owners in sports think. Most owners with like a few exceptions, I can think of a top of the head, like Mark Cuban do not think like that. Yeah. And, and I do, I do think I, I sometimes am op- too optimistic for my own good. So it could just be me being naive and thinking that he could fit well and everything could go great for him, the organization and America and, you know, helping solve some of our race problems, which we all still need to work on. And I'm really proud that he's still fighting for. So that, that could definitely just be me being naive to the situation and, and thinking more of what can happen than what really will happen. Uh, good discussion there, Josh. Really appreciate you bringing that up. Any other sports topics you want to go into? No. All right. Well, thanks for coming, Josh. And thanks, everyone, for listening to, I believe, episode four of Big Slumpin'. Any final words? Uh, yeah. Give us a follow on Twitter at Big Slumpin' Pod. Don't forget to leave a review, subscribe, do the normal podcast things. And uh, if you want to shoot us an email, maybe do maybe we'll do a, a mailbag episode at some point. That's at BigSlumpinPod at gmail.com. 